it's a release, it's a distraction, you know, it's not day-to-day -day life. If there's actually people there, then, you know, the immediate gratification of, oh, people like me, or like what we're doing. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's the performer's high, you know, which you always keep chasing, but also learning how to balance that with real life. That's Floyd, bassist in a punk band, park event coordinator, dutiful dad and husband, and my older brother. We had a chat over the Christmas break at our mom's house about our shared creative influences growing up and explored the overlay of being a performer that also produces various events at Discovery Green in Houston. We also took a moment to put his 10-year-old daughter on for a quick dip into her artistic interests. I'm Angelica. Stay tuned for my weekly chat. Hi, Floyd. Hi, Angelica. Thanks for joining me on Chatty Crafty is a show where I celebrate my creative friends and family to get inspired by everyday art. Um, we are on Christmas vacation at our mom's house. And you're very kind to sit down with me while all the kids go run amok outside and um, Matt and the grandparents kind of corral them. And so if there are any dogs barking, that is because we have dogs outside. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your creative endeavors. Like my first couple of questions are about playing bass. When did you pick up the bass? I feel like we were teenagers, uh, early teenagers. Yeah, I was 15, 16. Like 16 really started playing out with um, with our cousin Michael mm -hmm. and, you know, first high school bands and such. And it was Fidelity, I want to say. Is I don't know how many it? we want to put out there of the old stuff, but <laughs> yeah. um, just sounds for about fun, right. Yeah. Just for remembering. Um, and y'all just kind of played when we got together, um, just at like our grandparents' house, um, starting out practicing. What made you want to pick up bass? Why, why that one? Um, I mean, it was something that I was tooling around on guitar and everything, you know, and just doing okay, learning some other stuff. Um, and then I think... Michael and Ryan were starting to actually jam and write songs and they had somebody playing drums too and they just didn't have bass and I was like well yeah. see a need fill it yeah and I was also at that time early days on the computer just wanted to get into kind of recording so I would do some jam room session recordings with the mixer and just bouncing it all down to a left and right just by ear and not even having multiple channels. Uh-huh. You know, just the basics of it and all that was kind of early early inklings for my lifetime in production. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize that that early on you were doing the recording. Yeah. And really figuring that out. I mean, that makes sense. You were always really good with computers. Mm -hmm. um, so it would... One would lead to another. 
and now you're in a band called Dead to the World. Yep. Um, is that the only band you're in right now? Yes. Okay. That's you have a... been known to be in multiple bands at once. And I think how... that's all that Heather will let me be in right yeah. now. <laughs> I know. With a 10-year-old and a full-time mm-hmm. job, it is definitely time-consuming, I'm sure. How long have you been in Dead to the World? I think it's four, four to five years now. Okay. Yeah, it's been a little while. And how many albums do you all have out? Uh, we just put out our third, but it's you know one full length and then two EPs. Okay. What is the difference? What is an EP? Basically... Forgive and, my ignorance. Well, if you look at it as far as like vinyl, so a full length would be a 12-inch, and then an EP would be a shorter one, so that would be like a 7-inch, so you get like three or four songs. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so we're kind of on this path now where we'll record four songs at a time is kind of the plan and we just put those out digitally and then once we amass enough for a full record i think we'll put a, all of these out on another vinyl do you like putting them out on vinyls there's something nostalgic about it and it's super cool to have something physically tangible from you know the first era of doing music mm-hmm. you know dad had thousands of yes. records and so now that I've put out two different vinyls, there's something really satisfying about that. Yeah, the sound is really specific to that yeah. material. How would you describe the music you play? For Dead of the World, it's definitely like old school punk rock. You know, I guess some people equate it with like some hardcore, but there's definitely more melodies in there than standard hardcore music. A lot of it's anthemic punk rock, I guess, really, because there's a lot of sing-alongs in almost every song. Do you have a song that you know off the top of your head that you want to play, or should we just take a Well, um, like I said, we just put out an album, yeah. uh, EP, it's called Fire, and so there's four songs on that, and there, I believe, are two that are radio-friendly on it. Okay. Um, so DK is one of those. Uh, primarily sung by Mikey. And then I think the other one would be For You, which is a tribute song to a friend of ours who passed um, oh. from a band called 30 Foot Fall. Oh, right. I remember. Um, and around the holidays, tomorrow will be one of the last shows at Fitzgerald's as it is closing down. That is crazy to me that they're closing, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. So for our listeners, my brother lives in Houston. So mm-hmm. that's um, where Fitzgerald is. Um, where so, most bands cut their teeth coming up. Yeah. You know, 600 cap capacity. Oh, gotcha. 600 capacity in the mm-hmm. main room. So um, bands that you would start to be hearing about oh. would get their start there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what song do you want to play right now? DK? Yeah, sure. Okay. as a band come up with songs who writes them do you all write them together 
it's a process. Um, like Steve will sometimes come with nearly a finished product. Sometimes it's just a riff that one of us has that we flesh out more. Sometimes that somebody has all the music or, you know, sometimes somebody has, like I said, all the parts, including lyrics. I don't know. I, I imagine it's similar for most bands. Um, I think once in a while we've worked lyrics first to down to music, but that's always an interesting mm-hmm. endeavor. But it's kind of collaborative. For sure. Everyone everyone gets equal credit. And tell me your band members' names. We have uh, Brandon on lead vocals, but that's deceptive because Steve plays guitar and also does lead vocals. On, so they split most of the duties. But then now we also have Mikey on lead guitar, but he is a singer from another band. And so, as I was speaking about on Decay... He is also a featured singer on these songs. So gotcha. in theory, we have three lead singers, <laughs> yeah. which is a great arsenal to have, you know, mm-hmm. to pull from so that maybe it works in somebody else's different pitch. Mm-hmm. And like I said, most of the songs, everyone will sing on the backups. Like we have a lot of what you call gang vocals where mm-hmm. it's three to five people kind of yelling at a mic or singing, depending on what the song calls for. And that's when you'll join in. Yeah, I don't have I don't do any features. No. <laughs> it's not my specialty. No. Not mine as well. Although being with these guys has helped me improve to where I can actually start to hit some pitches. Yeah. My next question was how do you feel about singing? So so. So so. Yeah. Do you like it? I mean, does it feel good doing it? It uh it makes me strive to try a little harder uh-huh. to where maybe I could get a feature at some point, but it's not an immediate goal, but it's just something to try for and expand my talents. Yeah, another instrument. Mm-hmm. Do you like performing? It's a release. It's a distraction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not day to day life. If there's actually people there, then mm-hmm. you know the immediate gratification of oh, people like me, or uh-huh. like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it's. It's the performer's high, you know, which you always keep chasing, but also learning how to balance that with real life. And how do you balance that with real life? I think um, I'm really fortunate to work in the industry I am. Um, you know, I work in live event production, so I mix bands myself. At I Discovery help. Green. Yes. So a privately managed park in downtown Houston. Mm-hmm. It's not a city park, as you know, most people don't realize. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I produce pretty much all of the events that are in-house. We do have other people that bring in their own production, you know, when they're renting the park or parts of the park. Oh, yeah, I didn't it's, that. it's an event space uh-huh. as any other venue. Um, but yeah, if it's in house, I run the sound, I run the lights, I run video, I help install the art installations. Which um, are really cool. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple of them. But so it's that's a good balance because I'm always involved in that aspect of a life that I enjoy. I'm always creative in that way because every event is different. So you're always finding creative solutions. What has been your favorite event there? Right now we have an interesting series um, that runs once a month on a Sunday. It's the Unplugged series. 
And it's the same thing, you know, that we've heard of, but it's a challenge to Houston artists and we're starting to reach out to Austin and a few other places of taking bands, you know, like electronic bands, rock bands, hip hop bands even, and forcing them to strip it down to all acoustic instruments and seeing how their music translates. That's so interesting. Yeah, because I think the original, like the MTV series, was Mm -hmm. specific types of bands that it was interesting to see them transform, but it wasn't as eclectic. So we recently had a a funk band, Mm -hmm. and like they couldn't use a keyboard, so they had to kind of rework stuff on the fly because you know they didn't realize (laughs) some of the restrictions. Oh, how funny! Yeah, well, we've had yeah hip hop backs that will. Sometimes they'll bring in other artists or they'll teach themselves to play more of their instruments and kind of rework how how they perform, how they sing or rap. And that one's produced by Mark Austin and Josh Appleby. And that goes on all year long? It's, just... uh, it's what are we doing, four, four or five in this season? Okay. So it'll be like a spring and a fall thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I think it's both, you know, and day to day, I'd say more of an introvert, but you know, there's the show side of it and that's most definitely a look at me situation. Yeah. How often do you set aside time to practice by yourself? Not enough these days. I mean, you know, learning the instrument and, you know, teens through twenties. Yeah, definitely like we'd be in bands we'd practice like with the band three times a week and then you're writing stuff on your own you know but now it's life you know at 40 you have to make time for the family spend time be active there when you can when you're also working a full-time event-based life so you're often working evenings so Mm -hmm. then you're getting home everybody's asleep maybe So the days off are very important with them, but then you have to balance that and band rehearsal. Okay. So not as much as it used to be, Yeah. but I will try to pick up different instruments, like trying to get, relearning more guitar. Oh. Yeah. Do you have a guitar at home? Yeah, there's a number of them. Oh, I guess I only thought you had basses there. No, there's, uh, yeah, there's a handful of guitars and, you know, acoustics, so... Trying to learn those, learning more chords and just how things work together. Just mm-hmm. like I said, trying to add to the arsenal of instruments. Is there an instrument that you would like to learn how to play besides guitar? Everybody, you know, tries to learn a little piano when they're younger. Mm-hmm. It would, as I learn more about other instruments, it makes sense. Like that would have been a good one to learn. It mm-hmm. helps you. Once you figure out the basics of it, the scales are always scales. You know, everything's there. So just to it'd be cool to have those skills on piano just to be able to sit down and start playing as opposed to have to really think about it you know the steps half steps in an ideal world do you think of music as a career or like a hobby or form of expression well playing and working in the industry as long as i have because i've been working it at venues for at least 15 years now. Mm-hmm. So being around a lot of musicians, having lots of musician friends and meeting like 
big celebrities, you know, working with them at arena level. So I've seen the entire gamut pretty much of, of working musicians. Mm -hmm. And for a long time in my life, you would always think, Oh, if you're making a living, that'd be fine. But I know a lot of guys who do make a living at it. And honestly, it's a rough, rough life to make a living, to be having to play somewhere four or five nights a week. You have to really love it and really enjoy what you do. It's for fun. And like, I don't think that any of us are prepared to do a full tour at this point. But if, you know, maybe a couple days here and there, that would be fine for us. Or maybe some festivals. But yeah, the tour life, one, it's not profitable. It takes a long time for it to get profitable. Um, We've done a few out-of-town gigs, but not a non-stop tour. Non-stop tour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how Matt's perspective is, that he really enjoys making music. And that if he were to like play it for a job, it would kind of change what he enjoys about it. And that performing being the main way to make an income it Mm. it takes something away that he doesn't want to give yeah i think like you really have to hit that magic number of to make more than you need Mm -hmm. to where you can just do music when you feel inspired to do it Mm -hmm. as opposed to having to constantly learn other people's music you know or be forced to release an album every six months or a year or mm-hmm. whatever it is, then it's kind of miserable. But if you can hit that next echelon where you don't have to worry about money, that's kind of the only way I see it. Well, anything ever after you're 40 anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else are you into creatively? I'm sure you've mentioned it before that mom is... An art teacher, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's come up. So, and she was our previous interview, so mm-hmm. episode twenty nine. So you know, there's always been artistic endeavors going on in the house mm-hmm. and such. So drawing has always been in there, and so going back to the music thing, though, you know, you always have the need for music videos and such. Mm-hmm. So my newest little project and. We'll be adding some quotes around that little project. <laughs> is um, I was inspired by one of our interns at at the park, who was working on their computer and hand drawing frames of a drummer. Basically, it's known as rotoscoping. You take each frame of something filmed and you draw over it. You know that's how the early Disney movies were all done. If you saw people moving and it looked real fluid as mm-hmm. opposed to stiff. It's usually drawn over actual film. Do you think it was the Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds part of Yellow Submarine was rotoscoping? Because that always looked like it was. If it's like people moving, yeah. probably. Okay. Um, like I said, like Snow White mm-hmm. or anytime they were moving through the forest, it was a little bit different than standard animation. If it felt fluid... It's because that's how the body naturally moves, but when you're drawing it, it doesn't always look mm-hmm. aesthetically pleasing. Right. So it's a little bit different. So this intern, she was drawing all these frames, and I asked her what she was doing, and 
told me on rotoscoping. I'm like, I'm familiar with that term. I know what it is. Mm-hmm. How are you doing it? Tell me everything. <laughs> and turns out you can do it in Photoshop now. You can drop movie files in there and then just click frame by frame. Crazy. So the, fortunately, our songs being punk rock, hardcore, or whatever, are pretty short. Yeah. So <laughs> it's only two minutes and 20 seconds. It's but, doable. But it's still... And I, I adjusted it to be easier myself, only 12 frames per second. Uh-huh. So the math is around 1,700 frames. Holy smokes. So it's, uh, it's quite the endeavor and tedious, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very rewarding. I'm enjoying how it's coming out so far and how many musicians are going to have a hand-animated Music yeah, video. that'll uh, be so fun. Um, how long do you think it'll take you? I like hope base- to finish in January. Okay. So maybe put it out in February, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I'm um, about 30 seconds in, so... Oh, that's pretty good. That's three weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, are you drawing on a tablet with a stylus? Yeah, I have a, a Wacom tablet. Okay. Um, and that plugs in through USB. It's an older one, but it does exactly what I need it to do. Okay, because I was imagining drawing it with a mouse, and I would go nuts. I have drawn it with the with the, with the touchpad. Oh, okay. and that's actually a little better. Not not too horrible. So if I leave the pad at home, I can still do them. It's a little slower, but it's amazing the detail you can still kind of get uh-huh. using your finger like that. Yeah. For some reason, all during grad school, I didn't use a mouse. It wasn't until I graduated that I used a mouse. And um, now I just think that is an insane way to use um, rendering programs. But um, I did a lot of like hand renderings of topography lines, mm-hmm. um, like tracing them, just thousands and thousands of them. So I can really sympathize with how long that takes. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if anyone out there has any background any of this, but of course there is much easier ways I could have done about <laughs> doing this, such as obviously filming all the guys in front of a green or white screen, uh. and then I could just remove the background, and then you would have a trace of them. Uh huh. You know, but then that wouldn't be hand animated. So this is right. a little bit more of a posterity thing. Yeah. Just. Every once in a while, you got to take on these weird projects to just to see if you can do them. Like a podcast, yeah. <laughs> which I don't have a lot of time for, but right? I am, you know, like you said, for posterity, I want to like capture everyone's stories and creative endeavors and voices just so that like I can go back and listen to them 10, 20, 30 years from now. Yeah. And I think it would be really special. What do you do with your daughter, Ivy, that allows y'all to be creative together? I've been lucky and able to use vacation time from work to where I take the entire winter break, the school winter break off for the past four years. Mm -hmm. So we usually try and come up with some kind of project for then. Uh, Then it's been, you know, Lego projects because she's kind of into the whole math and architecture thing. So that kind of leads towards architecture. And Mm -hmm. so we've been trying to foster that and so we've built things like the millennial falcon or the Mm -hmm. death star just huge endeavors um that's awesome that y'all get to just really sit down and dig into it mm -hmm. um should we see if she wants to come in and add to it 
Let's see if uh, if the kiddos will... Let her? Yeah. Let me see. Hi, Ivy. Hello. I was just talking to your dad about what y'all do together that's creative. What do you like to do with your dad? I like to play games with him, um, do active stuff, almost everything. And Legos he was just talking about? Oh, yeah. What was your favorite Lego project to put together? The Lego Star Wars Death Star. The Death Star? How big was it? It was really big. It was bigger than both of our heads combined. Really? (laughs) I think it was like 5,000 pieces. Holy smokes. What kind of art are you into? Um, I draw, I like, um, I like music art like that. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Um, I do like the classic art, like painting and drawing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that may be about it. Do you play music? Do you like to play any instruments? Yes, I play the guitar. You do? Are you taking any lessons? Um, no, it's my dad um, teaching you. you. Yeah. That's cool. She's very much her own style of playing. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Can you play any chords? Or do you just kind of jam around and make some sounds that you like? Um, jamming around, really. Awesome. Do you ever come up here and make art with Granny? Um, sometimes. Does she sit you down in front of a canvas? Um, no, she gives me paper. Oh, sure, sure. Um, because when my girls come up here, I always end up with a canvas that they've like worked on, like their Christmas present to me was, um, a couple of paintings that they did with her. I wondered if she kind of does the same thing with you where she is like, here, make something. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Unfortunately, we don't get to make it up as much as we're Mm -hmm. a little bit further away. Yeah. We don't get to make it up as much as we would like. Sure. It's kind of a whirlwind when y'all come up here. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but your mom is creative too. Um, oh yes, she makes um, bows and she does nail art. Mm-hmm. Do you like doing any of that? Um, no, not at the moment. I may grow into it as I get older. Sure, that is a very diplomatic answer. Do you like wearing the bows that she makes? I saw you were wearing a headband earlier. Yes, I wear them every day to school. I bet. I bet it's a different one every day. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a fun way to kind of express your personality? Yes, because most of the time she asks me if I like the bow, and she usually gets like stuff that I'm interested in. Uh-huh. So she makes them based on the ones you like. Yes, and then she orders them also sometimes. Uh-huh. What is your favorite style of homemade bow to wear? Um, I would pick a theme. like mm-hmm. I like the Nightmare Before Christmas. Theme, yeah. Like Christmassy slash Halloween-y stuff mm-hmm. that she gets me. A little bit spooky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's also a fun way because you guys have to wear uniforms. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it allows you to express yourself a little bit more through clothing since you can't wear all the fun t-shirts that you would necessarily wear. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yes, that's a great way of putting it. <laughs> Thank you. So polite. Is there any kind of art that you are interested in trying? Um, 
I don't really, I'm not that sure. I would like to get into the 3D modeling kind of art because I think it would be cool because I want to be an architect. It could be cool to try and model them. Mm Mm-hmm, definitely. Do you know that Uncle Matt went to school for architecture? No, I knew my other Uncle Joe did. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. We'll have to chat with them about that. And I went to school for landscape architecture. Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you want to go to school for architecture? Yes. I love that so much. Yeah, Uh, I think you guys should be chatting after this podcast mm -hmm. about some of this stuff. They might have some information that might be interesting to you. Yes, definitely. Okay. I think those are all my kid questions. Is there anything else that you want to say that we haven't covered? Mm, no, not really. Okay. Thanks for joining us, Ivy. You're Thank welcome. you. <laughs> Does being a musician help you know what other performers need at Discovery Green? Um, I like to think so. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Anticipate. I, 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 I try and use it as a relatable thing without going overboard on the, hey, I'm a musician too, mm-hmm. you know, because... You know, they're out there to do their job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they also want me to do my job, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it helps me anticipate um, what a musician would want to hear for their own reference when they're playing. That's always a good one. And, yeah, just just relating to them on a personal basis. Who's your favorite band that has played there? Like, be it because you were a fan yourself or because they were surprisingly nice. Well, the fun thing about it is we do a lot of local and regional stuff, too. Mm -hmm. So it's neat that I've gotten to work with a lot of artists that I'm already familiar with and know. Oh, sure. And so it's always nice to bring them in. And then it's nice when bands enjoy the, the process enough to where they actually come back. You know, because it's uh an interesting thing to go play for free outdoors in a park, you know. I mean, from from our side of it, us being a nonprofit and everything, it's not a great skin off our back if people don't show up. Although our sponsors probably would be happier if more people showed up. But I guess it's hard to really pick a favorite band and all that because it's always interesting just to see how the day is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said earlier, it's no two band experiences is going to be the same. So you're always coming up with creative solutions to problems up there, Mm -hmm. or even if it's not problems, but creative solutions. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. So your shameless plug was Mm. your album. Yeah. It's the new album from dead to the world. It's called fire. Um, it's a, bit of a um bit of a wink at current how you how you young folks speak yeah (laughs) but our music tends to be on the more aggressive side so it kind of fits some of the mood for some of the songs so it works on both sides of that um and if you want to find out more information about us most of the social media is out there. Um, you can go to Dead to the World TX on Facebook is, I think, the most active. And they'll have tour dates and 
all the other fun details. Perfect. And I will include all the links to social media and your website on our blog post about this episode. Okay. And will your album, is it on um, iTunes? It's as on well? iTunes and Spotify. Should be most of the streaming services. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll include links there too for that album because I'm assuming the intro and outro song will be from Fire as well. I believe so, Probably. yeah. Okay, that's what we'll do. Um, so we're down to the last question. If you were to give yourself a title for your creative identity, what would your title be? Well, I don't know if there's one title that I would pick for myself, but I've heard from people that I'm a pretty good musical collaborator. So yes. maybe we'll go with something like that. Nice. Because it works for both things, for my personal music and for my professional production industry. Yes, I love it. Well, thank you, Floyd. Hey, thank you for having me. My pleasure. And thanks to our listeners. And I hope you'll stay tuned for more episodes of Chatty Crafties. This episode's music was by Dead to the World. Check out their new EP, Fire, to satisfy that angsty urge with the sing-along. This remote episode was hosted by me, Angelica Norton, which I produced at Open Envelope Studio in Austin. Head on over to chattycrafties.com for links, photos, and more on this episode. Please be a dear and rate and review this podcast wherever you listen so that more listeners can happen upon it. Then, your homework is to pick up that instrument calling to you from its stand and go make some art.